Welcome back to the Stick 'Em Up podcast, Brundy. What do we what do we got to talk about today? Oh, not a whole lot. We're recording this a little bit um, earlier in the week because um, you are leaving. You're leaving us. Yeah, I'm leaving for for about nine days, but I'll be back. Uh, I'm going down to Tampa for my uh, belated honeymoon. Gonna go see the lightning game in just two short days here. So, which hopefully uh, game you going to? That's uh, that's Tampa versus the Sharks. Oh, well, yeah, that's that's gonna be a fun game to be a Tampa fan at. I can assure you that. No, that'll that'll be awesome. I'm sure that'll yeah. be a a good time for you guys. Yeah, originally looking at our uh, looking at our plans, it was either uh. It was either the Sharks game or the Blackhawks game, and when we, when we were booking it, I don't believe uh, they had the first overall pick yet, so didn't know Bedard would be there, although I probably still would have picked the Sharks. Yeah, I think either one. I think Chicago would be fun because you get to watch Bedard, but against the Sharks, I think it's going to be a pretty easy and dominant win for Tampa. So. Yeah, it's, it's always fun to see a win. Exactly, yeah, especially uh, when you're traveling all the way down there to to see when you want to hopefully at least see a win. Yeah, would have if they if they show up half as much as they did tonight against the the Hurricanes, then it'll be a pretty pretty easy win because that was that was decisive. Yeah, what was, yeah, what was there? It was three three nothing. Three nothing. Today? Three nothing. Yep. Pretty pretty yep. good. Carolina. First shutout, I believe. At least first with the lightning. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think it would be his first uh first shutout. So good for him if if that is. Yeah, he you know, the we limited their chances pretty good, but there was still a couple couple saves he had to make. He did he played really well. And you know what? He's doing exactly what they need him to do right now. They just gotta Again, it's just um, keeping in contention. You don't even have to be at the top, but just keeping yourself um, in the mixture until Vasilevsky comes back, and then it's completely different for that team. So he's doing exactly what they're needing him to do right now. Exactly. We Yeah, we just need to try and get as many points early in the season as we can, and he's he's giving us every chance possible to do that. Like as much as can be asked. Yeah, exactly. So that's awesome to see for for Tampa. Um, aside from that, is was there any other games that kind of jumped out to you today uh-huh. from from around the league? Because I mean, every, every team was playing today. Um. No, I haven't seen a ton of stuff from a lot of the other games. Uh, and one thing that did jump out to me is, I believe it was four assists tonight for Jack Hughes. He's now up to 14 points in five games on the season. That's nuts. It, I that's, believe that's he's crazy. second. I believe he's second uh, only behind McDavid right now in Hart Trophy betting odds. Like, dude that's is still, That's so crazy to think that. The, so many people started to think he was going to be like a bust after his rookie year. I, mean, I, I can't his believe it wasn't great, but yeah. it was like I was just shocked at how many people were like, 
like he 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 wasn't on that tier of like coming into the league that Austin Matthews was at or McDavid like that he just he he didn't have all that hype around him and I think a lot of people put that on him and so when he didn't you know yeah. produce the way Matthews and McDavid did their rookie years you know people started to think what they wanted about him and well now he's arguably a, a top five player in the league at this current moment right now it's looking like it's a hard to argue against it he uh yeah, like even when he wasn't getting the results earlier on in his career, I don't know. I I did not watch a ton of his games, but every once in a while, when, you know, when mainly when Tampa played the Devils, but also I'd catch a couple every once in a while. And like, it seemed pretty obvious to me that he had the tools. He just had to put it together. Like he was like, not like he's 22. Two years ago when people were writing him off, this dude is literally 20 years old. Like, yeah, I don't, I feel like, I feel like too many people think that's like relatively old now because because Crosby was able to come into the league at 18, 19 and put up 106 points or whatever he did. Like yeah. Like it's it's absolutely wild how young he still is putting up the results he is currently. Yeah, I completely agree. Also um sitting at the top of as of this current moment Tied with Jack Hughes for most points is Dylan Larkin. And then right below him at 13 is Alex Dabrinkit. So that duo's been doing uh, a lot of nice things for, for Detroit already. When Tampa played them, uh, I think it was our second or third game of the year. Those two, every time they were on the ice, looked fucking lethal. Like, they... Yeah. They have not only are they both good, but they have chemistry and they have speed. They they might be a really tough duo to stop. And and you know what? If that's a duo, and and I said it, at, I'm pretty sure I said it. If not, I did think it. Um, back during the off season, that I wasn't sure if Larkin could, you know, be a number one center in that, you know, star for. Um, a team to contend for the cup and whatnot. You kind of need that really big superstar front. And I mean, with yeah. Debrinkin now, it looks like they got two of them. So like that's Absolutely. phenomenal for them. And and it's not one of those things like we saw last year where the chemistry between uh, Barzell and Horvat looked really good at the very start. And then, um, injuries and whatnot and then that chemistry hasn't looked the same between those two um and it's so i wasn't sure what the chemistry was going to be like between larkin and debrinkit but like to start out like this already is 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 huge for them yeah and you were saying that you think you said that uh, in the offseason i know a hundred percent that i said that uh, that larkin would be a great Second center on a cup winning team. Um, yeah, just couldn't remember you know, if I said it, but I definitely was thinking it. Yeah, I, I know I definitely said that. It's, it's funny that it's Larkin and Dabrinkit because they're two guys that uh, in the past I thought were, were elite. And going into this year, I, I was kind of of the opinion that they were, you know, maybe on that almost falling out of that level. You know, Dabrinkit was more at years out from his 40 goal years with 
with Kane and, you know, Larkin just seemed like his uh, progression was kind of stagnating. But those two have both absolutely proven everyone that they are they are top line producers and they are here to play. Yeah, they've like they from what I've seen, because I have caught some Detroit games like they're they're a lot of fun to watch when they're out together like that's and good and good for Detroit. You know, they've kind of been in that middle stage where it's not like they're a you know, bottom of the league team type of thing, but they're not in the buffs. They're kind of in that really tough spot. And it's, you know, been like that for a little bit now. So to have this for them now, I think is really um, awesome for their fans, you know, because it's been a long time coming for them. Yeah. And also, I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, seven games played, three goals, six assists for nine points. Shane Goss despair on Detroit. Yeah, well, yeah, he's kind of thrown in and brought in as to be their their big offensive defenseman, so he gets a lot of the the playing time with uh, with Larkin and Debrinket. So, and he he fits that perfectly that role that he they they specifically brought him in to do. He's done awesome with that. So, yeah, six power play points. So I got to imagine he's quarterback in that power play. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a uh, that's a couple guys that you know everyone knows have the talent to be elite, but it, they were kind of falling out of graces. People weren't sure if they were getting there, but all three of them showing people how good they can be when they're on. Yeah. Um. One of the things I wanted to ask you right now, and right. and it's only. Oh, I th- what like two weeks into the season or whatnot? Do you, from what you've seen so far, do you think that what what people were saying at the beginning of the season is Bedard a lock for the Calder or no? I mean, I feel like that's pretty easy. No, like yeah. he's been good. I. I don't see his stats here. I believe I saw earlier that he's two goals, two assists for four points in six games. That's yeah, good. He's that's he's, pretty, he's tied that's for, good for rookie. among rookies in points. Who's he tied with? Cooley or uh, Logan Cooley, Adam Fantilli, um, Portras. I think is how you pronounce it on Boston, and then Ridley Gregg is number one with five. Right. So, I mean. I definitely think he's still a favorite, but tied with a bunch of other guys who are doing just as good. One guy's got more points. I think it's I think it's pretty hard to say that he's a lock for it. Um, and that's kind of what I was yeah thinking I mean, like going into the season. I was like, I don't think it's. I mean, in in terms of if the if the Calder just went to the rookie who has the most skill, like it's easily Bedard. But I think when you just compare to the positions that other players who are still at a very high skill level are being put into it. it, it in no way does it ever make um, a- anyone, you know, a lock, I think for, for the Calder, just because, you know, who's what's Bedardi's. I think he's on the second line now with Nick Felino and uh, Tyler Johnson. And then you look at a guy like Logan Cooley, who's kind of the, guy up front 
with all this, uh, like really good players that uh, the Coyotes have and whatnot. So, but anyway, I just wanted to ask what your thoughts on that were. Yeah, I think honestly, I think if, but unless Bedard is six, seven, or eight points behind the guy in first for points. I think unless it's that or more, he's probably still going to win it. I think if another guy has four more points and five more goals, I I think they probably still give it to Bedard because they love looking at those franchise players and they want them to have those trophy cases. Um, yeah. Well, and I, I didn't watch, because I, I don't have ESPN, so I didn't get to watch the whole like Frozen Frenzy thing they did today where it was like, jumping between all all the the games and showing you the big highlights kind of as they happen whatnot but apparently from what i've um heard is that it was a lot of just constantly like bedard over and over again yeah and he ended up scoring and doing um one of patrick kane's signature sallies and then the goal got called back (laughs) which i bet they're fucking just rattled about it was a nice goal, pulls off the selling and whatnot, like in Chicago uh, against the Bruins, and then it's no called back. <laughs> Who ended up winning that game? Do you know? Uh, Boston ended up winning 3 nothing, which brings oh, me that... to my next point. Oh, man, that's their only goal that got called back. Absolutely yeah. brutal. Um, it's kind of funny, though. Uh, yeah, so the next thing I want to dive into, dude, fuck. What is with Boston? You take away their top two centers. And they are like, they look better than last year. No. Like they're as of right now, um, because of their win today, they're six and oh, which is, I believe what it's, they're tied for the best start in franchise history. So they've never gone seven and oh before. To start a season, and they very well could. Their next, like their next games are against the Ducks, Red Wings, and Panthers. So like, Boston could be starting off nine and zero, and not only that, the scores of their games. First game against Chicago, three one, Nashville three two, San Jose three one, L A four two. Anaheim 3-1 and then Chicago 3-0. So they're getting either three and then the one time they got four goals. Yeah. But their opponent is either two, one, or zero. Like they haven't allowed more than they're not um, they're nobody's scoring like it, against them. Yeah. They just lost like, a what was Bergeron? A six time, a five time Selkie winner. And, and nobody David can score on like them. a great second line center still at his age and like Pasternak five five goals in five games actually this isn't updated so I don't know never they're mind def- so I definitely at, don't think they're gonna in six games I don't think they're gonna keep it going for too long I mean Dude, so on I Thursday they are on Thursday they play the Ducks so pencil that Dude, in I, for a dub but after I that they got the streaking Red Wings the Panthers and the Leafs Okay, and but, then the Red Wings again. Dude, they've got to lose one of those. Dude, this team, though, like, it's 
from top to bottom, man, like it's a tough, heavy team to play against. And that works so well for them. Like, it's crazy to think that, like, yeah, they lost uh, Bergeron and Krejci and they're playing like this. But, man, still just looking at that roster, like, it's just so, it's built so well to play the exact style of hockey that that they want to play. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't be shocked that's, if, that's if crazy. Boston's I... right up at the top of the the league again this year. I I had not heard about this at all, honestly. I had heard plenty about uh, the Golden Knights undefeated, uh, the Avalanche undefeated. I hadn't heard a sniff about the Bruins. Yeah, yeah, like they're, they're six and zero. Oh. And only that, all regulation wins, like they're. I will they're, throw they're getting throw it out there though that who have they played? The Blackhawks, the Preds, the Sharks. The Kings, who are a good team, the Ducks, and the Blackhawks. That is a lot yeah. of rebuilding teams. It is, but like, especially, I mean, because I watched the San Jose one. They just watching them is impressive. Yeah. Just like the way the way that they play. I don't know. I mean, yeah, like you you can make that argument based on the teams they've played, but. I think once they even start playing against those six wins in a row against any teams is impressive for sure. Yeah. But it will be interesting to see how they do against the, the Red Wings Panthers and Maple Leafs specifically those three teams coming up against them. It'll be yeah. a bit more telling. Especially yeah, those, since those, those are all their challenges. As of, as of that moment in time. But I, I'm, I'm sitting here now, and I can't, I can't do it back to back years. I can't just write the Bruins off. The the instant I put my yearly five dollars on the Bruins to miss the playoffs, uh, something courses through their veins. Yeah, and maybe maybe I should have maybe I should have put it on them to make the playoffs because because then they probably would miss. Yeah. Um, couple more notes. The Oilers are bad. <laughs> They're the exact opposite of the Bruins. Like they are bad. It's like almost the exact inverse scenario too. Like the Oilers were good, and people expected them to get even better this year and be like legitimate, threatening for the cup, and. They've completely regressed. They're one four and one so far this year. Yeah. And and when they're losing, they're getting fucking throttled. Yeah. Like today. They were up um what was it, three two against Minnesota going into the third and they lost seven four. Like just got absolutely railroaded. Um, what was the other thing I wanted to say about them? Oh, I I saw it on uh, Twitter, and I thought it was so funny because it, it's just so fun seeing things come full circle. Um, I don't know if you heard about it or not, but it was I can't remember um, what game was it. Um, they were playing. 
the oh um they're playing Winnipeg. Yeah. yeah. And I believe I'm pretty sure it was a Winnipeg game. Yeah. And it was whatever. I can't remember when it was exactly, but Kane like hardly played in one of the periods and was just kind of sitting on the bench. Yeah. And so then he went out and got in a fight and whatnot. And then during an interview, he was saying, he made a comment being like, well, I'm not even playing. So I figured I might as well go out there and do some useful or something like that. Yeah. And the amount of people that took it the wrong way and are like making him sound like he's whining and being problematic again, like naturally with his reputation, it just blows up. Of course. And it's so funny now watching all the Oilers fans now trying to defend him and be like, oh, you're blown out of proportion because it's the exact thing uh, Sharks fans did for years when every little thing he did was getting blown out of proportion, which I don't like his comments. People are making it sound way worse than it is. Like it's harmless. But it's just so funny now seeing it. They're a little little damning of the. not damning. They show that he's a bit upset that he was benched. He probably, it sounds like I, I have to assume he probably thinks he should have been, he, he shouldn't have been short shift or whatever was going on. But it's not, he's not coming out saying buy me out. He's not like, like it's not that well, much. So like, if that's a guy on my team, like I think that's awesome. He is sitting there like, okay, yeah, I'm not playing well right now. So like I'm not, I'm not playing well when I'm out there, so I'm not. I'm sitting on the bench now. So when I go out there, might as well, you know, get in a fight and try and spark something for the team at least. Like, if if you're not contributing defensively or offensively, you might as well go out there and try and spark the team with a big fight or something. Like, I think that's yeah. awesome. Did you see the fight? Do you know how he did it? Sorry. Do you know how he did in the fight? Did it like? Have you he, seen it? He, that was the fight against his his former teammate uh, Brendan Dillon, who's now in Winnipeg, and it it was oh, a good fight. Customer. Like they they were chucking uh, some good bombs at each other. It was a good fight. Okay, I was gonna say like as long as he was like throwing hands in that fight and like legit because you know some fights are both guys kind of wrestle a bit and then it's over. But you know if yeah. he's if he's out there legitimately fighting throwing bombs, you know what that's. That kind of shows he's trying to show, hey, I'm out here doing my best. Yeah, exactly. But in the end, the Oilers did lose to the Jets in overtime. So at what cost? Um, as the Oilers are now 1-4-1. and one, Which is not the start I think anyone had uh, had predicted for them. Same with Pittsburgh also, 2-4. and four. I don't know if it's updated from today. They might even be worse now. Yeah, but who's uh, who's getting ready to break yeah, out and make forward. the playoffs? The two, two, and one St. Louis Blues. No, they're not. Because by that logic, the three, one, and one Flyers, who might become four, one, and one, make the playoffs. No, 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 no. That that's entirely different. Philly's cooking right now, though. Yeah, like they're they're on the ropes of. Handed Vegas their first loss. Yeah, at the at the exact time we're recording, uh, exactly ten minutes left in the third period, two one Flyers. Yeah, so I mean, 
like I don't Philly's kind of cooking their retorts. It's yeah, good for them. Uh, one other thing, kind of throwing back to what we were saying either one or two episodes ago, but Ovechkin. We were talking about how he was held a uh, shotless oh. for a bit, uh, two games in a row for the first time in his career. No goals uh-huh. yet. Well, tonight he had a goal. He scored on one of his 14 shots on goal tonight. The funniest thing is his goal was like a cross crease pass to him, tap an empty netter. Like it wasn't even like an OV one timer. He walks in and does this quick snapshot like it was an empty net tap in. Yeah. So, but maybe that sparks something for him and he can get it going because the Capitals. I don't, I don't, I don't think either one of us thought the Caps were p- playoff. No, playoff I'm pretty sure we year. both had them. I had them pretty low, and I think you had the same in the same spot I did in our predictions, and I was surprised by that because I thought I was pretty low on them. But, I mean, OV basically is the team over there, and dude's 38. Like, he's freaking good, but he's 38 years old, and skating has never been a strong suit. Like, Do You know who? what exactly position they're in? They're reaching that... Um, area that the sharks were in now yeah. worked out better for them because they won a cup with their core um yeah san jose obviously didn't but now they they held on to them and they kept trying to run it back with them and they've reached a point now where they were so mediocre for so long there where you know they're they're not contending for a cup, but they're not getting those top draft picks. And then everybody's getting older, like Carlson's getting up there, Ovi, Backstrom, um, Oshi, and you you can't really do much with them now. Like, and I don't think any teams are really. I mean, I think we we kind of established Ovi's never leaving, uh, but but moving any of those other guys now can't be done. And even Kuznetsov, who has already requested for a trade due to his contract. They can't move him either. Yeah. He does not look great. Like, so they're, they're stuck in that spot now where it's, it's right, right off in the sunset with, you know, your, your veterans, your guys that, you know, won you a cup and then start from square one. And you, you got to go through a long rebuild process. Yeah. So yeah, it's, and it's 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 not it's going to be a a long time before Caps fans are are, are yeah. happy with the team again. Yeah, and the current state of the team. Oh, and you know what? It, scored. And it kind of makes sense because fuck, you know they you they obviously want Ovi to get his record, and you know they they got their cup, so they could be happy with that, and they'll surround Ovi with people to score for a couple more years and then he'll break the record and they'll start officially start the rebuild and it'll be a long road but you know at the end of it they got they got what a lot of people think is the greatest goal scorer of all time they got their Stanley Cup for him and the team and they're probably also going to retire Backstrom's number there's a good chance they'll retire John Carlson's number like they got they yeah, got a lot of three run of the the three that I think are going to go down and uh, as some of the biggest legends for, for the cap. So I think all three probably do get their, 
Those three oh. and and Peter OV. Vondra. OV and Backstrom for sure, like 100%. I'm like 99% sure that John Carlson will as well. Yeah. Yeah, those those three and Peter Bondra are on there. The Capitals, Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Also, I I always like looking at things from the opposite um, perspective because it makes me feel better because the Sharks are absolutely terrible. Like they are very bad. Um, For now, we always we always talk about like when the season starts when we're like talking about the Oilers and it's like you can't be dropping all these games at the start because it makes catching up so difficult uh, to, mm. you know, get in the playoffs and catch those teams above you. But then I'm looking at like, so kind of the two teams that everyone predicted to be the bottom two in the league is the Sharks and the Flyers. Now, I don't know what's going to happen in this game. Say Philly gets one point, you know, through six games, they've got eight points. And then through six games, the Sharks have one. And San Jose is not getting any better this year. And yeah. all these contending teams that they're going to be playing down the road are only going to get better. And so then that's, I think that goes a long way, like we saw last year, um, where the team that starts out really bad is kind of the bottom team for the majority of the year. And maybe they bounce around here and there, but they usually kind of will stay at the basement. Which sucks. Yeah. They Sharks only really have, have been so boring to watch. Yeah, but, that's rough. And they, they are, the only real good competition at the moment is the Ducks for bottom of Maybe the league. Maybe the Oilers. Maybe the Oilers. <laughs> also, um, but like, yeah, the like, who else is down there at the bottom? Like, the the Oilers and the Ducks are really the only ones that are that close, and. The Oilers are obviously gonna, even if they don't make the playoffs, they're not gonna stay that low. Yeah, like, yeah, the only team even closer than that is, like we said, Washington. But I think Washington's gonna pick up a couple more games than they yeah, have been. In, in no world do I see Washington with the players that they have. Like, even though I kind of just shit on them a bit, <laughs> but even with those players, regardless. There's no way they finish below San Jose. Like, there's, uh, there's no chance. If you could do me a solid and uh, DM the San Jose Sharks on Twitter and tell them to start Kakinen against the Lightning and not Blackwood, I would appreciate it. I think they will be starting Kakinen. I I freaking hope so the because last two now the Sharks are o five and one, and Mackenzie Blackwood a nine o six save percentage on a team. Doing that bad, dude's playing good. Dude, he's playing very good. Oh, I know. Like Hackenham will be playing the next game. <laughs> so that's that's definitely respectable. Also, uh, obviously, you know, the team just has not scored many goals in that game. Dude, so they, they yeah, can't score. Their the stats can't look score bad. as a whole. Yeah, most of the players' stats look pretty bad. But Tomash Hurdle still. Five points in five games. Dude, he's doing everything he can. Well, he's, he's actually... Li- he's, he's, he's literally be, doing everything right now. He's going to be at um, five points in six games now. Hmm. Right. Um, yeah. No, it's... Yeah, yeah. They, geez. Five they just, they games in. Score. Five like games in, and you've score. got two guys with two points. 
hurdle with five and everyone else has one or zero. Uh, the only one that would change is Zetterland would have three. Yeah. And then Bordelow and Eklund would have two, but like still. Is he in a, is, is a Zetterland in a contract here? Is he, make uh, it, is he going for bank? No, he, he signed a two-year deal. I'm pretty sure. Dude, like, it's bad. I, and I'm hoping that it'll turn around a bit, like, because probably two of their best current five players, I would say at the time, uh, Kachur and Granlund, um, are both out injured. So I'm hoping when they come back that that'll help kind of I mean, Kachur is a, a bit and create some depth. At worst, Kachur is a second line center. And Granlund is pretty good in his own right as well. Like that's that's especially with the you guys lacking the depth you are, those are important players to be missing. Yeah. So I'm hoping and then I mean it doesn't show it on here, but he had two points in two games, Henry Thrun, um, but he got sent down to the AHL. So our best offensive defenseman is now in the minors. Honestly, like, I felt like he was good enough to stay up, but, like, you know what? I don't doubt that they just want to protect him by keeping him in the AHL, so I'm not even going to say it's a bad decision. The only reason is because he was the one defenseman who didn't have to go on waivers. Ah. And, like, obviously they're not going to send, like, a, a Vlasic down to the AHL. Yeah. Who's already been benched twice, I think, so far this season. Ugh. Like healthy scratched or just benched? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, like full on sitting in the press box. Ah, oh, that's rough. Thing is, is as as much as I I love Vlasic and everything he's done for Soundsay, like, um, I would you I would make a very solid argument. Um, I won't go full in depth because I would have to do the research, but I do know it exists. But Vlasic in his prime was arguably a top three defensive defenseman of all time. Um, just he from was, He was really good defensively. Like, when he was in his prime, and it, I thought his contract was a steal, honestly, when he signed it. But like in his prime, especially um, San Jose's run to the Stanley Cup final in 2016, like this if if it's possible to find the the stats from him in the playoffs that year was were was nuts um from how much he completely shut down and like the opposing team's top line like never scored and the opposing team's power play like never scored um but they combine out at the end of the year is what i'm getting to because then he'll only have one year left on that deal or I mean, the way the team looks right now, probably not going to be good next year. Then you just ride out that that final year. So, trade it for Oliver Ekman Larson. One year left on an expiring deal. Trade for an even worse contract. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come on, let's, let's hope not. Let's hope uh, not. But so that's kind of tough. When oh, never mind. He's got two years left after this. Yeah, he ain't going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> nah, buckle up. He's staying. And you know what? Maybe, maybe he's really good for the press box, though. Maybe he's a good good time up there. Like, 
yeah, I think I hyped San Jose up a little bit too much. But I also think that the players I was high on, like especially uh, Eklund and Bordlow, I think would, and, and honestly, even Zadina, I think would all drastically do better under a different head coach. Who's your um, current head coach? David Quinn. Right. Who is kind of famous for stunting. Yeah. Capo Caco and Lafreniere with the Rangers. Um, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, enough being doom and gloom on that. Um, no, no, that this is a good thing. That. You want to lose so you can get first overall. Dude, because you know Chicago's just going to fucking win the draft lottery. I swear to God, man. I swear to God, if it happens. I think Chicago was, I think Bedard's going to start to heat up a bit and pull them a little bit further away from the bottom. So their odds won't be as good. I don't know if it matters what they say the odds are. But we can, we can tinfoil hat about that another time. Um, what else do we got? Uh, I guess McDavid being injured. Yeah, uh, Mc- he's going to miss the, the Heritage Classic. Yeah, he's out him, one him, to two uh, weeks. Rasmus Anderson, who will still be suspended after the NHL rejected his appeal. Yeah. Which I think rightfully so. I think that was a garbage play by Anderson. I think, honestly, he's... And maybe it's just because I've watched a lot of Calgary games because I'm in the area and whatnot. But he's been getting away with stuff like that for a while. And I definitely don't think he's done anything this bad before. I think he's... He he pulls some borderline hits every once in a while, you know, because everyone's saying that he's got no history, and so they should maybe go a bit lighter on him. But which, which is the thing, he doesn't have a history. But I think he's he's gotten away with things not exactly like this, but kind of similar before. Not a, a like not a stupid amount of times, obviously. Um, but I I think this is fair. I think especially just on the premise of it alone, like the you can't argue anything other than i was trying to injure him like there's really like it's the game's over you lost you're frustrated you see a guy defenseless falling down so you you jump up into him and crank him like there's no justification other than i was trying to hurt him so yeah and there was a there was some guys on i think it was tsn or espn one of these sports talk shows they were talking about the suspension and uh one of the guys i don't i think he was correct but i don't like it uh that he said that intent matters and since it was in the final seconds they're gonna throw the book at him but if it happened with like two minutes left they probably wouldn't have near as hard because it's not like he the game is over at the point he hit him I, i could see that I I think that's probably part of why he got the four games, which is a long suspension compared to what they normally give out. But I definitely don't think that should be a factor. Like, mm-hmm. like, like if that if a hit that a hit like that is vicious. If you do it in the first period, I don't care. Freaking same amount of games, right? I, I get what they mean that like like you can you can infer you know if you want to be like you know, I know what kind of player rasmus anderson is and you know make a personal opinion on him because of that 
that's totally fair. But for them to suspend him differently because of the time of the game it happened or the circumstance of the game, I think is uh, just just wrong. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I hear what you're saying. I think a big thing also that I'm, I'm kind of my takeaway from it more than anything is like seeing the amount of people that think like the suspension was too harsh. And they're like, again, like you said, he, he has no history. It's like, how do you give a guy four games? And it's, but it's also like, it's nice to see that there's actual harsher suspensions coming out for headshots. Absolutely. Like, this is what we've been calling for for however long. Oh, Vegas just scored with 30 seconds left. So they will go to 7 and 0. Oh. Um, Come which, on, Philly. Philly. Dude, what Philly are you sold. doing? Philly sold. Shea Theodore just ripped one, man. Flyers. Flyers I, 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 this is the, the only Flyers content I've watched all season because. Because obviously. I just, they don't show Grady as much on TV anymore. Um, but like, man, they block a lot of shots. Oh, you got to when you're playing for torts. Otherwise, you're not on the ice. Everything. Damn, flyer sold. Um, but no, what I was saying is it's just nice to see that, you know, the first real bad headshot of the season is already like, boom, a four-game suspension here and kind of like set the tone early. And Maybe it's just tough for Anderson because he's the one they're making an example out of. But at the end of the day, if if this is the the, the mark that they're, kind of setting and going forward with, I think this, it could be awesome for uh, the Department of Player Safety. Yeah, the the very rare W for the Department of Player Safety. Yeah, because it doesn't happen often. No, it does not. Um, I don't believe I had anything else. Uh, I got one more. Right. I can't believe we almost glossed over this. This was big. Um. Travis Dermott, the, uh, just the other night, one or two days ago, uh, was the first player that, in a game, uh, outwardly defied the league's ban on the use of pride tapes in NHL games. And yeah, he had a little, little, little mark of it on uh, on a stick. Yeah, and absolute, absolute respect to Dermott for just going with it and just saying, "Fuck it, what are they gonna do?" And uh, turns out nothing. They have, uh, I don't believe it's officially been uh, put out, but I believe that uh, a lot of insiders are saying that the NHL, the NHLPA, and the NHL Player Inclusion Coalition are going to make an announcement imminently on allowing players to put uh, whatever stick tape they want on. Yeah, which is kind of what I figured was going to, I think actually what we kind of both yeah. figured what, would end up What else were like they going to do? One guy did it. Exactly. Like, you can't ban him for that. That looks a million times worse than one of your guys saying, I'm not going to wear the pride jerseys, which is what yeah. this came down to in the beginning. If you, yeah, if you, you could die is... for it, like, or you suspended him or fined him, it just would have made the league look so insanely bigoted that, like... Not only would that lose probably a good chunk of fans and would piss off a lot of people, but like 
I, that's big enough. Like, I feel like like SNL would be making fun of you. Like at that point, like at that point, you're a fucking laughing stock. Yeah. So you know what? <laughs> now, not only are they stupid, but now they're spineless and stupid. So I guess just yeah. try and do better next time, NHL. Yeah, like we kind of knew this was how it was going to go. All they could really do is be like, hey, we say no. And th- they just hope and pray that everyone listens to them. Yeah, like it they was really obvious that everyone it wasn't going to take was... long for someone to be like, no, I'm going to I'm going to use it. And then they, they can't yeah. do anything about it. Yeah, I think they were really banking on them being, uh, you know, hockey, typical hockey players, you know, not trying to stir anything up. I'm just going to focus on my game and and don't want to distract the boys because that you never hear that about any other sport. Do you like I don't want to I don't want to distract from from what we're focusing on. I feel like you don't hear that a ton with other sports, but that's such a massive thing with hockey. Like yeah. nobody's allowed to have an ounce of personality or they're distracting. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. It's uh, definitely not a great way to market the league. There's there's definitely a lot of things that they they could do better for sure. Um, so to kind of wrap up here, because I think we're kind of at the tail end, I did have one thing left. Um, sure. I'm not sure if you've heard about it yet, because it's only kind of come up within the last 24 hours. It's starting to sound like Noah Hannafin might be staying with the Flames. I have heard nothing about this. Which I'm very shocked by, because I was very certain he was not going to resign. He wanted out. Um, but it's starting to sound like it's it's really starting to pick up between the two of them on on a contract extension, which could happen at, at any moment now, really. Um, so that's good for Calgary because I thought there was no way he was he was going to be sticking around. It's interesting also that you know I think probably kind of the biggest of, you know, their four at the time when it sounded like none want to stay Elias Lindholm is going to be the last one um, without yeah. a contract. Yeah, how is Lindholm the last guy? Like, that's the like, one I mean, you to need fully, to sign. To fully, like, Connor was quick to be like, all right, see ya. Ship you off to New Jersey. Backland, I mean, makes sense because they wanted to make sure he was signed so they can name him captain for the season. Like, I, I get that. Yeah, but... So they're kind of prioritizing the the defensive or the two way play of of Hannafin a little bit more, which fair enough. Like defensemen, like him are kind of hard to come by. So I but guess, again, but I mean, Lindholm also is. If you're, yeah, if you're talking about a two way force on your team, there's not a ton better in the league than Elias Lindholm. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully so. they leave enough room in the coffers to pay him what he's worth because. He's he's an important part of that team. And at the very least, you want to be able to trade him and get some value from him because a guy that caliber, you can't let a guy like that walk. Not unless you're like very seriously competing for a cup. And with the team they currently have, even if they make the playoffs, unless they're on a fucking heater going into the playoffs, you you can't look at this team and go, this is one of the favorites. So 
Yeah. Hopefully they either extend them or they start. I'll also uh, say with... keep talking around, kicking tires, seeing who wants them. I'll also say with Calgary though, like, I mean, Huberto right now, like four points in seven games, uh, two goals, two assists. Uh, Coronado, one goal, one assist in seven games. Kadri, zero goals, one assist in seven games. Like, were, were, did they just completely stop after the preseason? I thought those were kind of three of Calgary's better players or guys that looked really good throughout preseason and was expecting them to come out flying to start the year and they've done almost the exact opposite especially Kadri. yeah they uh they have not looked hot so far it's, it's yes yeah, that's rough man there there's a lot of teams that are looking shockingly bad like Either I have a, the memory of a goldfish, or I swear this doesn't happen, like, every year. But, like, there's a lot of teams that uh, are supposed to be good that don't look great, you know? Carolina looks like they're really struggling. Tampa looks fine, but not fantastic. The Oilers are abysmal. The Flames are disappointing. Like, there's, there's a lot of teams that were expected to be really good that are just very mid right now. Yeah. Yeah, Pittsburgh like is has been struggling. Yeah, man. It's 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 been a weird start to the season right now, that's for sure. I mean Philly almost beat Vegas, but they sold. Yeah. So the the Canucks are looking pretty good so far. The Canucks are actually looking pretty good. Four two and oh, second in the Pacific. Which is huge because, like, the kind of big thing was whether or not uh, Pedersen would, would resign with the Canucks. Largely depended on how they how they do this year. So, you know, the team's got a lot lot on the line riding on this season. So everybody's kind of uh, just been giving her for them. So it'll be interesting to see if that you know kind of continues or if it's. You know, kind of like a Buffalo thing where it's a, a hot start and then the big losing streak comes and kind of puts you out of it. Yeah, and it's, Quinn, it's the Buffalo thing. And uh, not just Pedersen, but Quinn Hughes as well, like, has looked fantastic to start the year. I'd almost argue yeah. Quinn Hughes has been the best player on their team so far this year. Like, they, they've both looked phenomenal so far. Yeah, and then even Besser, like, the amount of goals he's putting up, given it sounded like he probably wasn't going to be with the Canucks after the deadline last year, and then after the draft, and then after free agency, and he's still here, so I'm playing very well. Yeah. Um, but other than goal, that... Five assists, six points in six games, plus eight. Plus yeah. eight in those six games. I think he, the other night he just had his first goal against while he's on the ice as well. Could we potentially see a a Jack Hughes like Hart or Art Ross, a Quinn Hughes Norris, and then a Luke Hughes uh, Calder? Definitely like, possible. That would be nuts. Definitely I think the biggest. I think it's a long shot on Luke Hughes to win the Calder. Um, but like it's not out of the out of the question, but 
Like that that would be That's really cool the hardest to see. one, but uh I think there's absolutely nothing stopping the other two from winning those respective rewards, honestly. Like all they have to do is stay the course, play their game, play good, and hope that nobody else has a historically good season. I mean, Frick, what do we talk? What do we say about Jack Hughes? He's like he's at like three points a game right now. Yeah, that like that's nuts. That's crazy. Um, but other than that, I had I had nothing else to talk about. So I think we're we're kind of good to wrap it up here. Yeah, I think so. Right on, right on. Well, thank you to everyone for listening to yet another episode of the Stick 'Em Up podcast. Um, we're still kind of running the same schedule. Um, Fridays at noon. Uh, maybe a couple outs here and there. Obviously, that'll um happen more or uh, happen in general um once Braden's back from his big Tampa Bay trip where yeah. he might um we don't know yet I'm gonna say this and maybe he does it or not um maybe there will be some pictures or cool highlights from his trip over on the Instagram um we don't have anything on it right now but maybe soon um we are over there on Instagram at S-E-E-U hockey um, you can find us on there. And then we are also over on Twitter slash X at the exact same handle at SEU hockey as well. Um, feel free to throw us a follow on there. We keep saying we're going to post on them and get them going. We haven't got around to it yet, but maybe soon. I've got um, a, when I'm down in the, when I'm down in Tampa, I think I'm going to have a couple, you know, while going, while going around, I think we're going to Orlando for a bit. So I'll have a couple of train trips. Maybe I'll hop on there and I'll, you know, post some uh, videos or pictures from the game while I'm down. Yeah, there you go. He said he's going to do it. So make I've sure to stop those do it. So I have can, to. And you can uh, you can see his his magical trip um, over there where obviously there will be some hockey content. Um, so thank you to everybody for listening and we will catch you guys in the next one.